Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about prepping like a TED Talker. Dorothy was two years into her role as CEO of a global business services company. She wanted this year's global management meeting to be engaging and lively. She told her division heads they all needed to talk about their divisions as if they were giving TED Talks. Each person's 18 minutes needed to be riveting, she told them. The eight division heads cried out for help, and as a solution, they were given me. Before I ever talked to any of them, I learned they'd all received a copy of TED Talks, a terrific book about how to give a TED Talk by Chris Anderson, who's the president of TED. I quickly created a three-page reduction of Anderson's book, and I sent it to each of them. It's available to you, too, if you want it. I'll tell you how to get it at the end of the podcast. Over the next eight weeks... I would work individually with each of these TED Talkers. My conversation with Kurt in Chicago was the topic of an executive coaching tip in May 2017 called Talking Like a TED Talker. But before the individual work began, we had a 90-minute group call as a kickoff. I had a million questions for them. I began with this one. I said, if we imagine this as a project, how will each of you approach it? Adam in Phoenix asked, You mean how much time are we going to put into it? I answered yes. Caroline in London jumped in. But how are we measuring time? Are we counting like time in the shower? Because I know I'm going to be thinking about this all the time. Are we counting that? Does it matter? Asked Chloe from Montreal. It's like any other part of our work. It gets better when we think about it. Well, up to a point, laughed Adam. I said... I'm assuming this is like any project. You'll all have your own approaches. So thinking of it like a project, how much time is each of you allotting? Their answers ranged widely. Caroline was on one end. Admitting she was nervous, she said she was going to devote at least an hour a day, which would be about 40 hours. Tracy in Hong Kong was an experienced confidence speaker. She was on the other end. She felt she'd probably devote six or seven hours. Kurt asked, How many hours should we be rehearsing? Caroline jumped in again, asking, Didn't I read you were an actor, Tom? I was, I said. In theater, she asked. The whole first part of my career, yes, I answered. So how many hours did you all rehearse? You were professionals, yeah? I said, we rehearsed six days a week for four weeks, sometimes five weeks. Adam tossed out, that's over 200 hours. Caroline said, and a typical play is what, two hours? That's like a hundred to one. She gave a strangling sound, and everyone laughed. Adam spoke again. But for us, talking for 18 minutes, a hundred to one is only about 30 hours. Caroline, you said you were going to put in 40. She laughed heartily, saying, I did, didn't I? Well, see, I'm really a pro. I was excited that it was a foregone conclusion to each of them that they would dedicate rehearsal time on their calendars. I told them I was glad I didn't have to persuade anyone about the importance of rehearsal. Chloe said, making time to rehearse isn't my concern. What I don't know is what to do when I'm rehearsing. Do I just start talking to myself in my office and hope I say something good? And hope that you remember it, Caroline tossed in. Or, Chloe continued, 
do I sit down and start writing a speech as if I know how to do that? I really don't know what to do. For the first time, silence fell. Chloe's question seemed to resonate with them all. I said, It depends on how you like to work, so let me ask you another question. Are you planning to memorize your speeches? Like word for word for word? asked Marissa in Cupertino. You tell me. Tracy, the most experienced, said, I don't really memorize. Well, I do, but I'm not saying the same words every time. I work off a couple bullet points and I know what I'm going to say, but not word for word. That sounds like some weird presentation ninja voodoo, laughed Caroline. If I don't memorize my talk, I'll be a bleeding zombie up there. Everyone laughed. I asked, Zombie how? Frozen brain, she shot back. Blank like a washboard, eyes like a cat with her tail in a socket. She continued to keep everyone laughing. I asked, Why would that happen, Caroline? Because my brain would go completely blank looking at all those people. Ah, uh, can I change the topic for a second? I asked. They murmured yes. I said, Caroline just led us into a whole other part of rehearsal that I think goes on 24-7. It's the self-talk part of rehearsal. At which I stink, said Caroline. And then dryly she added, she said, proving the point. I said, self-talk is so important. What we tell ourselves about the future completely affects the outcome. Catastrophizing does not set you up for success. But how do I turn that voice off, Tom? Caroline asked. I'm not being funny now. I know, I said. I took a breath. To be honest, Caroline, I don't think you can turn off your negative self-talk in the next eight weeks. But you can get conscious about it. Pay attention when you hear it. Don't let it play unchallenged in the background like mental music. Ooh, she said, have you been listening inside my head? When you notice negative self-talk, I continued, answer it back. Consciously counter the narrative. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be riveting. Caroline sang out, I'm going to go out there and kick ass. The others cheered. Marissa asked, can we get back to memorizing? Is it a good idea or not? Well, I'll speak for myself here. I'm pretty close to Tracy's style. I memorize the bullets, not the words. But first, before there are any bullet points to memorize, I spend time developing my through line. That's from Chris Anderson's book, Kurt said. Indeed it is, I said. He talks about how crucial a through line is. Sometimes my through line will pop into my head right away, lucky me, but other times I have to spend a lot of time thinking about it before I find something I like. And what exactly is the through line? asked Chloe. I spoke distinctly. Your through line is the question you're going to put in your listeners' heads. And it's the answer you're going to give them. You're going to create a little puzzle, and then you'll show them how to solve it. That's the through line. There was a pause. I sensed people were writing that down. I continued, once I've got my through line, then I start rehearsing. And I rehearse out loud. Those are the key words, out loud. You have to talk out loud. It's the only way the ideas will get embedded in your brain in a way you can retrieve them. 
"'Are you saying I won't have brain freeze if I rehearse out loud?' Caroline asked. "'Have you rehearsed out loud in the past?' I countered. "'I haven't done bloody anything in the past, Tom. I'm not a speaker,' she answered. "'You are, too,' said Marissa. Adam called out, "'Negative self-talk.' "'Oh, damn, you're right,' Caroline said. "'A shilling in the jar.' Coming back in, I said, "'Here's a trick for you when you're rehearsing out loud. "'Don't say it the way you said it before.' Free yourself from worry of repeating yourself. It doesn't matter what you said the last time. Yes, 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 of course. There were good things in it, and there are going to be good things in it today, too. It'll just be different. So don't talk words. Talk ideas. The words don't matter. You can't be serious, said Chloe. Well, it's not as if we're doing Shakespeare. I don't care how good a writer you are. The ideas are more important than your words. But the words are the ideas, said Tracy. Let me make this into a metaphor, I said. Suppose all of you are my audience, and I'm the speaker. Now imagine we're standing in a bright meadow. Right in front of us is a thick stand of woods, and I am going to guide you through those woods. Now, once we enter the woods, it's going to be dark and cool and sweet-smelling, and I know that because these are my woods. I've been through these woods so many times, the trees think they know me. But the woods are new to you. You can't tell one tree from another. You can't tell what's safe and what's not. So I have to guide you, all of you, through my woods. And I only succeed if we all come out of the woods at the same place at the same time. If I lose any of you along the way, then I didn't guide you well. But remember, these are my woods. I own them. So if today I guide us a little more towards that creek, oh, that's fine. Or if I guide us a little towards that little hillock over there, that's okay too. Because no matter where we are in the woods, I know my way and I'm going to get us out together. So, said Tracy, as if I just proved her point, you don't have to memorize word for word for word. And you certainly don't need to rehearse word for word for word, I answered. Rehearsal? is when you should be exploring the woods. Make them yours. Take wrong turns and loop back. Get lost and start again. But do it out loud. Talking out loud is how you carve grooves in your brain. Paths through the forest, Chloe said. And then she went on, So, my rehearsal starts with finding my through line. No, Caroline called. It starts with positive self-talk. Right. I am going to kick ass, said Chloe. Then find the through line, then start rehearsing out loud. And, said Tracy, use rehearsal as exploration. Don't repeat yourself. Kurt asked, what did we miss, Tom? I said, that was a good recap. One, positive self-talk. Two, find your through line. Three, rehearse out loud. That's a good way to think about rehearsing. Caroline jumped in again. Well, that's all good for our ideas and our words. But how do we rehearse our bodies? That topic, and several others, is covered in the episode called Performing Like a TED Talker, which is next month's installment of The Look and Sound of Leadership. You know, sometimes I worry. Do you know the argument against sitcoms that everything gets tidied up in 24 minutes and real life is not like that? 
Well, sometimes I worry that these executive coaching tips introduce complex ideas, ideas that in real life get talked about over months of coaching, and I reduce it all down to 15 minutes. I worry that it sounds simple. For example, in this episode, it was incredibly simple to find eight people who all saw rehearsal as part of their job. But the truth is, that's who those people were. They really did think that that was great. But let me ask you something. If you were given the assignment to make an important presentation, would you start blocking out time on your calendar for rehearsal? I mean, would you even block out time for writing and creation? Most people don't. And when you're busy, I know it's hard to block time out. But this is a project like any other project. It takes time. So how are you going to decide how many hours you need? Do you need an hour a day? Maybe. I mean, look, you can get a whole lot done in an hour a day. You will be really well prepared. Or are you going to be like Tracy, a couple hours dedicated here and there? You can do it faster because it ain't your first rodeo. I mean, you know from experience how much time you need. Is that you? I don't know. Listen, I come from theater where rehearsal was our day job. That's what we went and did all day long. So rehearsing an hour a day, I mean, come on, to me, that's a piece of cake. But the point is, I would never dream of speaking in front of people without having given myself a whole lot of rehearsal time. I don't need as much now as I used to, but oh my goodness, I still do it. So that's number one. When someone hands you the baton and it's your turn, look at your calendar and start making decisions. You know what else was incredibly simplified this episode? Nervousness and negative self-talk. It was all handled kind of lightly, certainly not much depth, but I know this is a big issue for people. I have been talking with people about nervousness since I was a director in theater. Well, no, before that. I mean, as an actor, I certainly knew what it was to be nervous, my goodness. And I know it doesn't just get solved in a quick little exchange like the one in this episode. And that's why I've written a lot about negative self-talk. Actually, self-talk, and this is how much I've written about self-talk, self-talk is an entire category of tips in the archive. Way back in 2006, before the podcast was added, I wrote an executive coaching tip called Managing Nervousness. It's still good. The reason I'm mentioning all this is because I know this is an issue for people. So if you want some help in this area, help yourself. If you don't know how to find the archive, I'll tell you in a minute. But I want to finish the other two points from this episode. Well, actually, there are three points. Because we also touched on this idea about to memorize or to not memorize. The analogy of many paths through the woods, that's a good analogy. Keep that in mind. You don't have to follow your steps every time. It's okay. I've written about this idea too back in 2007, an episode called Keeping Repeated Material Fresh. The analogy of the woods becomes a ski slope in that episode. That's going to sound familiar to you. But there are other ideas in it too that you might find helpful if you're thinking about memorizing or not memorizing. Okay, next, the through line. That's the biggie, right? Look, there's nothing to rehearse if you haven't found your through line. You need to ask yourself every day, what question am I going to get my listeners to ask themselves and make it something juicy? Get them to look at your information in a different way, which probably means you're going to have to think about your information in a different way, which means you're going to have to think about it in the first place. It takes time to think about your work in a different way. But this is the rehearsal time. Finding your through line, 
well, that would be a great thing to do for an hour a day because, you know, sometimes it might take 10 minutes, sometimes it might, but sometimes it might take a week. You don't know if this is going to be a hard nut to crack or not. So get to it. What are you trying to do? Create a puzzle that you are going to show them how to solve. It takes time. And then you rehearse out loud. A lot with variety, and voila, you've prepped like a TED Talker. So, speaking of TED Talkers, what about that PDF of Chris Anderson's book? Or what about the archive with all those self-talk coaching tips? Everything is on the Essential Communications website. It's EssentialCom.com, EssentialCom with two M's.com. The archive is the tab called Coaching Tips. And the self-talk episodes are in the Select a Subject drop-down It's one of the subjects you'll see there. Another subject you'll see there is presentation skills. There are a lot in there for you, too. So aside from the ones that I've already mentioned, four others you might listen to are Captivate Your Audience, I Talk Too Fast, The Power of Rehearsal, What Compelling Speakers Share. If you want the PDF of the TED Talks book, hit the contact button. It's up on the top of every page. That comes to me. It's always great to be in conversation with you all. Thank you for your emails. Thank you for your encouragement. And thank you for your stories. It is such a pleasure. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.